0: Casteism in West Bengal is subtle and devious. The upper caste-dominated state has a different way to deal with the caste system, unlike other states in the country. Members from the scheduled caste communities once played a major role in Bengal politics and that significance of representation has seen a steep decline ever since. Welcome to the first episode of cast to cast with Roy. My name is Nehashish Roy and in this episode, we will try to figure out what led to the decline in the representation of SC in the state's political sphere. How are members of scheduled caste communities being perceived in the state by the upper caste communities? In what subtle ways, the marginalized communities are discriminated here? Joining with us, Dr. Roop Kumar who is a professor at the Jadapur University. He will take us through the journey of marginalized castes in the state and their current status. Dr. Burman had done extensive research works in the interior regions of West Bengal and has written multiple papers and articles on it. He will be sharing his findings with us along with answering a few essential questions. Welcome Professor Barman. Welcome to this podcast. And uh, the very first question that I would ask is: What is Dalit? Who are the people considered to be Dalit? And do the members of Schedule Cast in of West Bengal are considered to be Dalit or not?
1: Yeah, it's a very significant question. Perhaps it is a million dollar question to a billion number of people because this term Dalit is not a constitutional one. It has been basically propagated by the media. However, from the 1970s with the growth of the Dalit Panther movement in Maharashtra as well as in some other states, the concept of Dalit began to grow as a concept or a category of society, of our uh, Indian society. But here, Dalit means in the people, those who are oppressed. But in the Dalit discourse, Dalit means those who are oppressed, but at the same time those who can raise questions against the oppression. Means there is a basic difference between the concept of Dalit studies and Dalit discourse. In Dalit studies, Dalit is someone who is merely oppressed in the society but in case of the dalit discourse dalit means the people those who are oppressed but at the same time they can raise the voice against the oppressor against the oppression okay. so that is the broader meaning of dalit but in case of west bengal whether the scheduled castes are dalit or not Yes, according to the uh, uh, people, those who are engaged in Dalit studies, they think the scheduled caste, scheduled tribes, as well as the other big world caste and all oppressed category people can be classified as Dalit. But for the scheduled caste, most of them, they think they do not belong to the concept of Dalit. For them, Dalit is a term that is a humiliating one, that is a term that is imposed one. Okay. only an educated section of west Bengal Scheduled caste communities they are trying to accept this term that dalit can be accepted so that is why you will find that the uh, dalitism or dalit as a concept is very very limited to the people uh, among the Scheduled caste communities but it is merely accepted in the media in a large scale this is the uh, brief answer from me
0: Okay. Okay. So following that question, so do you consider people in West Bengal have caste awareness? Like do they address their caste? Or do they do they own their own caste?
1: Yes. In West Bengal, suppose uh, uh, it was a kind of idea uh, for, uh, for several decades that West Bengal is free from the caste consciousness or casteism. But practically caste consciousness is there in West Bengal. Uh, both among the uh, unreserved category people, as well as among the lower caste or the scheduled caste. Here you'll find that the uh, people of unreserved category, they are very much conscious about their caste when they are uh, talking about their uh, marriage relationship. If you go to the matrimonial pages of Sunday, advertisement of matrimonial pages, we'll find that caste consciousness is very much there. Even in the TV uh, TV serial or other uh, uh, media's or uh, cinema movie, everywhere we will find the caste is a matter which is uh, which has existence in the mind of people. At the same time, the scheduled caste category people, they are more concerned about their own sub-caste. You know, yeah. at present with Bengal, there are sixty scheduled caste communities. I mean there are sixty scheduled caste sub and the people of this subcaste are very much concerned about their own caste. Suppose the bigger communities like the Rajbangshis is a very big caste. They are always concerned about their caste, um, caste identity. The Namashudras, they are also very much concerned about their own caste identity. As well as the Pondras, the um, Malas, the Jaliya Kayvartas, Or when you talk about the caste of particular identity, more or less they are conscious about their own subcaste and in Bengali language they used to call that their own Shajati, meaning their own shaw, uh, own caste. Yes. This concept is very much there.
0: Yes. Yes. So people like those who belong to the particular subcaste, they consider themselves as a community instead of scheduled caste being a whole, being a com, uh, consolidated community.
1: Like- so this, this is a great problem. In West Bengal, most of the communities are conscious about their own sub instead of a consolidated identity of scheduled
0: caste. Okay.
1: They identify themselves as scheduled caste only in paper. Okay, okay. Since uh, there are different sub but when in the society, they are more conscious about their own
0: sub-caste. Okay. So- you also in your in your articles one of your articles you wrote about caste based politics in west bengal is predominantly focused on different sub caste and it is utilized by various non sc dominated parties right right okay so uh, what do you think like does that impact uh, the uh, sc members to become a consolidated community and have a unified awareness of, and assert their political importance what do you think about it like if political parties are playing with the sub-caste right they are not uh, considering them as a part of scheduled caste rather they are identifying them with their sub
1: right right exactly because uh, uh, this is the electoral politics in west bengal and for this i would like to focus light on the pre-colonial part also okay yeah. the electoral politics actually completed is hundred years in this year it was started in 1920 so it is now 2021 Mm-hmm. So during these hundred p- years, the under the colonial rule, when the concept of uh, electoral politics was introduced in the provincial level, particularly in Bengal, we have noticed that initially there was no question of a reservation. So, bigger sub castes who later identified as scheduled castes, they participated in the election and as the general category candidate because there was no concept of reservation in 1920. Okay. The reservation was introduced only in the election of 1937. Okay. So, up to 1937, whatever the election held in for the West Bengal Legislative Council, there they participated as unreserved category that is called the uh, non-Muhammadan constituencies and many of them got success hmm. and uh, in most cases they fought the election under their own caste-based uh, social organization since they did not have a separate political party. In the election of 1937 it has been found that the caste-based organizations of the civil caste communities of their own sub-caste contested the election and got elected mm. and also we have found the Congress as well as Hindu Mahasabha tried to mobilize them but their success was very very limited so most of the Scheduled caste they contested the election and got victory under the banner of their own sub-caste based organization okay. so eventually it has been found they emerged as a very bargaining power so from 1937 to 47 in bengal no political party was in a position to form government in bengal without the support of the scheduled caste so they emerged as a very strong political uh, politically conscious communities under the banner of their own subcaste. now after the independence of india what happened most of the scheduled caste seats of bengal that remained with eastern bengal west bengal has only 14 scheduled caste seats at the beginning Hmm. Now, it has been increased to 67, uh, 68 at present. So, what happened? After the independence, the caste-based political, social organizations of these uh, communities lost their importance. Yeah. And there was the growth of organized political parties, like Congress, as well as Hindu Mahasabha and later the left political parties.
0: Hmm.
1: And these political parties, given importance on the population concentration, of the communities in different reserved constituencies. And they choose the candidate from those uh, communities, those who have greater concentration in particular constituency. Suppose the Bagda constituency, mm. it is dominated by the Namashudra caste at present, but initially it was not the Namashudra dominated caste. It was basically dominated by the Malo community, the fishermen community. So up to 1957, and 1962 you will find a candidate were selected basically from the malas and later from 1962 onwards it shifted to the namashudras and still now the members of the namashudra communities are participated as the member of the dip- candidate of different political parties because of their uh, numerical uh, dominance similarly in the North Bengal uh, constituencies, suppose in Alipurduar, in Jalpaiguri, Koch Bihar, mm. uh, up to Malda, the Scheduled caste uh, constituencies are filled up by the candidates belonging to the Rajbongshi subcaste because of their huge concentration. Mm. The same feature you will find in case of the uh, Bauri-dominated constituencies of uh, Bakura district. Same thing you will find the Bauri domi- sorry Bhakti dominated constituencies of uh, medinipur as well as Purulia, Bardwan as well as in case of Kugli, everywhere this is the feature that most of the communities they are trying to identify or ele- select their candidate, nominate their candidates from these communities those who have special population concentration in a particular constituency. So instead of giving importance, a scheduled caste as a whole, they are giving preference to the member of particular subcaste. So this sub is very much there. So in this yeah. Rajbangshi-dominated area, no non rajbanshi was allowed. In the Namashudra-dominated area, only the Namashudras are allowed. In the last yeah. election also, same thing happened. Yeah. We have seen that Motwa they are basically the Raj, uh, Namashudras, most of them, given the preference in the Motva dominated regions in North 24 Parganas, as well as in Nadia, Yes. Same, uh, as well as in Rajbangshri dominated regions, only the Rajbangshri's were distributed or nominated as the candidates, both by the ruling party, that is TMC, mm. or the uh, left political parties, or the Bharatiya Janata party. So this is the reason why the scheduled caste members are not united. Basically, they are disunited and they do not have any strong sense of serial caste identity. So that is the problem in spite of being 23% or more than 23% of the total population of this state, they are politically uh, uh, not dominant like other states of uh, India.
0: Okay, so you would consider that uh, this subcastism is the reason why despite of having 23% of state's population sc as a community it is not making significant mark in state politics because there is those people the community members are already only seen as voters instead of right still you if you could give more uh, I- idea about why S, uh, leaders from scs are not seen in the mainstream politics in in west bengal
1: okay here uh, two things one not only the subcastism another problem is that they are controlled by the non-schedule caste political parties yes and if you look into the history of bengal or west bengal from 1952 election to till date the election of 2021 mm. in the cabinet there was there is no scheduled caste. Mm. although initially after the independence some uh, prominent political members from the scheduled caste were given importance mm. but visually that has been declined it is, uh, and they are basically controlled by the non-dominated non-domin- uh, political parties and they are distributed such portfolios, such departments, which are comparatively weak and they are not given place in the cabinet of the ministry. Mm. And they are also not in a position to raise question because uh, what is happening the dominant political parties always nominate those people of civil-caste communities in the reserve constituencies, those who cannot speak in the legislative assembly, those who cannot raise their voice in the legislative assembly. Okay. Because uh, this is the reason, see if someone is elected or nominated by any dominant political party as a candidate who is very strong in mind as well as in his ability to speak, They are not getting opportunity because they do not have any organized political party of their own. This is another problem.
0: Okay. So parties like BSP also cannot make a mark in West Bengal just because of that, you you would consider?
1: Yeah, BSP uh, actually uh, is not known here. Actually, some uh, people are engaged or have their relationship with the BSP and BSP's performance is very poor. Because BSP is basically not uh, uh, have any idea about the population of West Bengal, yeah. they are identifying those people as a member or as a leader, those who do not have proper idea about the complexity of the Scheduled caste in West Bengal. This is another factor why the BSP is not gaining currency in West Bengal.
0: Yes. So in between all these. Like uh, the major subcastes are considered in the politics, still it is considered in state politics, but still uh, in between all these, the the minor subcastes, those are with minor population, those are being left out, you would say.
1: Exactly, they left out, you know. Actually here I would like to speak about one subcast. All of you know the name of Dr. B.A. Well, obviously, He is considered to be the father of Indian constitution. Yes, yes but he was elected to the constituent assembly for drafting the constitution by the serial caste member of Eastern Bengal Okay. and the Mr. members of these uh, five members had supported and here two communities were dominant in terms of population one is called Namashudra and another is called Rajbangshi but two members had supported Dr. Ambedkar uh, who belong to a very minor civil caste community in terms of population Mm -hmm. that is called the Mala community Mm -hmm. so it is because of the Mala community's two members A. Ambedkar became the father of Indian constitution but after the independence of India still now there is not a single Mala member in the West Bengal civil caste West Bengal legislative assembly because of their population is very less in Odisha. bengal Their population is approximately 3 lakh only in total. So they do not have any bias. Though in the colonial period, they amassed as a very strong force because they had main concentration in eastern Bengal in some districts and they got two members in the assembly and they had very significant role in the history of India, including the uh, nomination of dr rambetka to the constituent assembly now that is why this minor political party uh, members of this minor uh, population of the people um, communities they are being left out because their number is very less at present this is the condition
0: so you talked about legislative council elections in pre-independence period when when east bengal and obviously the the the, the current west bengal was united Uh, During that time SC had a very big big impact on state politics but uh, what happened following that after the independence how did it how did it after the
1: independence actually major part that remained with Eastern Bengal Hmm. and the population that scattered after the independence many of them took shelter in Tripura many of them had migrated to Assam many of them had migrated to Uttar Pradesh. Uh, Uttaranchal, Madhya Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, Bihar, Odisha, as well as in Andaman and Nicobar Islands. Hmm. So the people, those who had migrated from Eastern Bengal to West Bengal, here it has been found their population strength is comparatively less and the uh, members, those who had the strong position initially uh, before the independence, they were comparatively weak after their migration to west bengal on the other hand the serial caste communities those who had main concentration in west bengal before the independence Mm. their educational level is comparatively poor and their political spirit or political consciousness is comparatively poor than the people those who had migrated from eastern bengal and it is because of the east Bengalis uh civil caste communities after their migration they prefer to join the non Cast political parties and it is because of their preference this historical factor those who are coming from eastern bengal they prefer to be protected by the dominant political parties and they accepted the command of the dominical parties in order to survive here on the other hand, the civil caste communities of this uh, state, who had their presence before the independence, they failed to mobilize uh, themselves as a uh, strong political force. So this true historical force is responsible for the uh, decline of the uh, unity, as well as the political importance of the civil caste in West Bengal after the independence.
0: So- during pre independence and post independence uh, the division of land maybe between it, the entire bengal impacted on how scs were considered in politics right and yes yes so after after when the left parties when left emerged in the state um, then the whole ideology was around was surrounding class struggle instead of caste based struggle so how do you think that impacted uh, the sc communities in the state
1: uh, it's a very significant part of uh, political history of India or with Bengal from 1977 to 2011. This is the period when the left front was in power. Yes. And before that, the left political parties had started their journey basically from 1952. And most of the left political parties, they give an emphasis on the uh, poverty of the people means what i used to say that poverty of people is the capital of political parties try to understand poverty of people is the capital of political parties so the so-called left political parties they found that the poverty of the people is their political capital and they try to mobilize the poor people under the line that is called the class struggle from 1952 onwards that continued hmm. and uh, after the death of Chandra Rai, hmm. it has been found that the congress lost its uh, dominance and separate uh, uh, units are coming from the congress itself and the lefts they were united and in the election of 1967 and 69 the united front government was formed in West uh, bengal along with the left political parties and the left political parties had given emphasis on the land reforms and particularly given uh, emphasis on the recording of the borgadas uh, or the sharecroppers and that had given a positive idea to the people belonging to the scheduled caste because they are are basically very poor although some of the scheduled caste community member had huge amount of land there was a the land-earning Scheduled caste members they did not prefer the political parties they rejected the left in the um, election of 1967 or 69 and 71 and 72. Okay. it is because they had their land and okay. they try to protect their land because they had their land but most of the civil caste they do not have their land hmm. since in the election uh, single voter is important it has been found that the people of civil caste category those who had their significant amount of land they preferred to be with the congress mm. or they even in northern bengal the land owning class had founded a separate political party Uttar Khandadal in 1969 because they had huge amount of land they did not want to lose their land to the government or the ceiling mm. the land below, uh, above the ceiling provision they lost the land to the government and that was distributed to the people of basically poor people those who migrated from the eastern part of bengal and most of them belonging to the scheduled caste and scheduled tribe category hmm. so this uh, was uh, very small in number on the other hand the scheduled caste of these districts particularly bardwan hooghly in those areas the scheduled caste has huge population at present and they were extremely poor there was not a single landlord from the serial caste communities. Only in the Northern Bengal, the Rajbangshis had uh, a few joddars or the landholders who had huge amount of land. But in this part, Bardoan belt, there was not a single serial caste landholders. So that is why here the left became very, very successful to mobilize the serial castes because that given uh, the opportunity of recording their land. So the left government had given emphasis on the uh, caste-based, ba- class class-based identity instead of the caste issue. And for them, that caste is less important, class is more important. And in this way, there was the continuous propaganda by the left that in present West Bengal, there is no existence of caste. That was a propaganda and everywhere, it was propagated and still it is being propagated by the blept minded intellectuals in west bengal so here is the reason why the left mobilized the scheduled caste along the class line instead of the caste line
0: okay would you consider that in today's time when uh, people in west bengal mostly upper caste people obviously they consider that uh, there is no caste discrimination or no caste system being followed in uh, in the state uh, it it is because how left actually uh, changed the entire imagery in the state as because uh, there was no discussion on cla- uh, caste discrimination when left was there and class struggle was more focused so be- do you think that is the reason why state is currently in that status where caste system is not being followed people do believe that even even people from scheduled caste do believe that there is no caste discrimination in the state. Do you believe left has something to do with it?
1: Yeah, left, uh, it, this is the outcome of the continuous propaganda, as I told you already. And it has obviously, it has an impact uh, in Bengal that people started believing that there is no caste difference. But practically, the difference was there. Difference is there. And this difference is being practiced. It is being practiced by the people in different way. And uh, it has its presence, but nobody is in a position to discuss about it. Everyone try to avoid this type of discussion. Whenever I want to discuss about the caste identity, even of the caste intellectuals belonging to university professors or to doctors, Mm. they always avoid it. They try to avoid this kind of question. And uh, this is there. They don't like to discuss about it, whether they believe or not, but There is a kind of uh, shortcomings that people are not ready to talk about the uh, uh, caste system or the casteism or the caste consciousness in West Bengal. This is the problem here.
0: Okay so uh, let's uh, shift this discussion to the history of caste uh, movement in west bengal because there was a very big movement beca- before what is the current status of that movement obviously there uh, we cannot see m- huge movements going on against uh, the discrimination that the scheduled caste face as you said that there is al- there is also caste discrimination that is going on but people don't like talking about it uh, in, and obviously in comparison to other states like Maharashtra, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu those people over there are very much conscious about uh, their caste identity and obviously they uh, raise their voice but why don't we? Why do we see that in West Bengal currently?
1: Yeah, so as I told you already that under the colonial rule the settled castes they have organized themselves under the banner of their respective caste organization and basically there was no um, unified platform, though uh, Dr. Ambedkar tried to open here the Scheduled Caste Federation, the Bengal branch of Scheduled Caste Federation, means all the communities would send their representative here, but actually it did not have any significant influence even during the colonial period. Now after the independence of India, the Scheduled Caste they did not have, and still they do not have any common platform to raise their voice. Though some of the organizations are there, suppose scheduled caste organization, scheduled tribe organization, these are there, the branches of this organization there only in name. Practically, these organizations are being controlled by a very few scheduled caste subcastes. There are 60 subcastes, as I told you, yes. only three or four subcast members are there in all the scheduled caste organizations. If you talk about the uh, West Bengal Dalit Academy, Dalit Saita Academy, which has been opened very recently. Yes. Who are the members? You will find, I am telling you, the Namasudra subcaste, the Rajbanki subcast, Onro subcaste, they are the members. What happened to the other subcast? other 57 subcaste, what happened to them? You will not find any single member is being given opportunity to raise their question here. So, in all other political organizations also, suppose serial caste branch section of the BJP or TMC or CPIM or any other political party, everywhere you will find the members of the leaders of these um, organizations are basically belonging to two or three or four subcastes. So Mm -hmm. all the subcastes are not being represented in these platforms. So basically, in West Bengal, there is no common platform and that is the reason why there is not significant progress in regards to the scheduled caste movement. However, Hmm. these sub often raise their voice. Suppose the Rajbangchis are often raising their issues, but they are uh, diverting from the scheduled caste um, uh, propaganda. They are talking about their subordination because of their language because of their culture because of their political subordination not as the member of civil caste only mm. on the other hand the Namashudras they are raising their voice under the banner of the motua movement which is very very popular mm. which is being sponsored by the both the tmc led with Bengal government as well as by the union government led by Bharatiya janta party yes. but what happened to the others so that is why when other members, they are trying to raise their voice, that is not being listened, that is not being accepted by any organization. No one is giving preference to listen to the problems of these communities. So I had uh, we had uh, conducted survey in 20 districts mm. with the support of uh, the Indian Social Science Research Council, ICSSR, and we had found this problem is there casteism is very much there in west bengal but they are not getting the attention because of the lack of unity there is no unity among the scheduled caste communities in west bengal that is why uh, it is comparatively less successful in west bengal than other states of india as it is in case of maharashtra or karnataka or other states
0: hmm. right Okay, so less unification is the reason why caste based discrimination is being. Because of that, you may call that caste based discrimination is increasing, but that is a silent player in this state because. Yeah. Yeah. So the leaders are mostly from upper caste, so they don't discuss about caste discrimination in the state, and then the discrimination is still there shifting further to the in this discussion uh, i would like to know how what kinds of caste discrimination do the people in west bengal face like it might be different from the other states because those are very hard and you can obviously see in media reports that caste discrimination is leading to different kind of atrocities but in west bengal reports from reports based on caste discrimination atrocities based on caste discrimination are not very much uh, there in mainstream media so what kind of discrimination do the right right communities
1: actually uh, i have used this term in my uh, research work two terms that is called hard, hard casteism and this soft casteism yes we have already told that hard casteism is comparatively less almost nil in bengal whereas hard casteism is very very popular or which is uh, very common in other states starting from bihar uttar pradesh to rajasthan yes. everywhere hard casteism is there but in case of west bengal the soft casteism has its presence now in soft casteism i have categorized this uh, sub casteism into two parts or two categories the first one i used to call it behavioralism casteism behavioralism Behavior, how behavior or the manifestation of behavior is um, an example of uh, the sub Suppose uh, when one person is uh, being asked, what is your name? Suppose he said, my name is X Gharami. Everyone would laugh at him and say that you belong to this community, so you do not have merit. Mm. Everywhere this kind of behavioralism is there. See, suppose I have given one example, that one very well-known figure of West Bengal, very member of a very well-known um, uh, literary figure of West Bengal, he invited someone belonging to a civil caste community member in the marriage ceremony of his daughter. He said that, I have invited all other members of this department. So if I do not invite you, it would look odd. So, I am inviting you. Try to follow the word yes. that I have compelled to invite you because I have interviewed other members. So, this is a kind of behavior. So, this kind of behavioralism, castism, behavioral behavior is responsible for a kind of soft castism. And there is no proof, no one can prove that castism is there. But this kind of complaint is coming uh, when we conducted the survey we have found this kind of uh, behavior-based casteism is very very common uh, in entire West bengal particularly in the leading uh, educational institutes Mm. the secondly this is called a psychological casteism psychological casteism that someone uh, is being uh, uh, discriminated because of his belongingness suppose one member one uh, a person who stood fast from class 1 to class 12 mm. from class t- um, 12 to master degree everywhere he stood fast mm. but everyone will say that you belonging to the scheduled cast member you are you will get a job but nobody is recognizing he is married mm. so whenever you will find that one person is getting a very prestigious word belonging to the civil caste member, everyone will say, Oh, he belonged to the civil caste member, that is why he got. But nobody will uh, recognize his uh, merit. This is another psychological problem everywhere. Suppose, very recently, Dr. R.B. he got the very prestigious word from the uh, Financial Commission of India, he is the deputy governor of the Reserve Bank. Hmm. But everyone is saying he belonging to the class, he got this. But no, actually, he was the first class person in the University of Calcutta. But nobody is recognizing. Suppose one Ruidas, our student, he stood first in MSc in first class first. But everyone is saying he belonging to the Ruidas, he will get a job. But nobody is recognizing his merit. So, this kind of psychological uh, thing is there. Uh, particularly in the Educational Institute of Higher Learning, but not in the rural level. Hmm. Why not in the rural level? Because in the rural level, the Scheduled caste are majority in terms of their population in particular village. Hmm. So this kind of thing does not arise. But when they come to the um, urban area in the prominent educational institutes, they are very minor in terms of their number. Hmm. So when he is coming to one urban area, one metropolitan city or one town, he has some problem with the environment, he has to adjust with the environment. So whenever he is facing any kind of trouble, he does not or she does not like to express it. He keeps in this in his mind Hmm. and uh, uh, gradually he or she will find that they are facing the trouble because of their social identity and everyone is saying that hey, they do not have merit because they got the opportunity in the educational Institute because of their uh, background. But even you will find that many students are getting chance in the general category. Mm-hmm. In spite of that, they would be identified merely as a caste. Mm-hmm. So this is a problem here. This kind of uh, psychological and behavioral casteism is very much common in entire West Bengal.
0: Okay in rural areas, their majority of number is actually, however, protecting them.
1: Yeah, it is a kind of uh, uh, protective means. They are often and also in the educational uh, sectors, in the school level, there is no question of reservation for admission. Hmm. This is another factor. So there is no question of reservation for uh, the admission in the school in the rural area or even the um, urban area too the school level this is not there mm-hmm. it is there from the class 11 uh, or it is um, uh, from the um, first year onwards
0: graduation yeah how do you think SCs in the state are viewed by the UCs like the upper castes how do they see uh, Scheduled caste members in the state
1: yeah actually uh, as I told you in the uh, northern Bengal East Bengal uh, they have. There is a different kind of phenomena. Whereas in the southern Bengal, particularly Kolkata and its well, adjoining parts, there is a different kind of perception. Hmm. It has been noticed that the UC or the unreserved category people, they think that the Scheduled castes are their competitors because of the reservation policy it is because of the reservation policy the scheduled castes are responsible for their unemployment in many occasions though they have a huge concentration uh, as the employed figures in the educational institutes government institutes hospitals everywhere hmm. but they think the members of the scheduled castes are comparatively poor in terms of their merits this is the common perception. Uh, irrespective of the uh, communities belonging to the unreserved categories they think that the scheduled castes or the including the scheduled tribes they have less merits and but only a very few people they are comparatively exceptional they behave with the scheduled caste or the scheduled tribes uh, with uh, proper behavior but uh, in face to face, they do not express anything against them. But from behind, they can criticize. Suppose one, I am giving one example. One person belonging to my own university is my colleague. Hmm. And uh, in the absence of that person, uh, another colleague of that department is saying that that X person belonging to the quota. So how far he can do? But actually the progress of that schedule caste member is much much more than the person. So he thinks that uh, the member belonging to the schedule caste person is poor in terms of merit but practically he is more advanced but he is criticizing because he cannot compete with him. Mm. So uh, they are not directly saying in front of the person but from the back door they are criticizing. So this is the perception from the backdoor. So when we conducted this uh, survey among the Amphil scholars or the PhD scholars, they said they are often viewed by the un- category research scholars in such a way that it is because of the caste background that is the reservation background they are getting opportunity. So their merit is not basically not recognized by the member of the and Rizab category. That is the common perception.
0: Okay, so that is how it is. So, um, what do you have to say about the Bhadralok community? That is a very colloquial term that has been given to the member of upper caste. Or uh, do, what, uh, there are people like people from scheduled caste communities also try to you know, impersonate the upper casteism. There are people like those. So what do you like, do you have anything to say about them? Like what is, and obviously people would like to know, what is actually a Bhadralok. Lok? In-
1: the concept of Bhadralok, Lok, which was created long back, that they are belonging to the upper caste and uh, highly uh, meritorious intellectuals and having the uh, interest on the culture, literature, everything. So this section basically upper educated or higher educated upper caste middle class or upper middle class is so called bhadralokas mm. is a term that was given by some social scientist or in the common perception the colloquial term mm. But here the scheduled castes basically they do not have any place, but many scheduled castes because of their Uh, merits because of their uh, financial background, because of their other backgrounds, they uh, got this position in different uh, capacities. Hmm. But actually uh, this Bhadraloko class nowadays is no more. It is uh, declining rapidly Hmm. because the new people are coming. The Bhadraloko class nowadays not belonging to the upper class upper caste only hmm. the members from non upper castes are also gradually getting their place oh, okay. so the bhadralok class itself is changing in nature so uh, this is being changed what was a stereotype long back it is no more okay this is my opinion
0: okay i would like to talk about uh, literature and creative diaspora uh, and also um, the way pe- the way the leaders from upper caste were uh, idealized during the freedom movement so how do you see that the works literary work, works of the upper caste uh, members the, uh, the creative work uh, works of the upper caste member even the le- uh, freedom movement leaders are idealized from the those who are from the upper castes so how do right, you see that right right
1: actually the, there is a problem that when the history is being written whether it is history whether it is literature hmm. when one person is writing belonging to the upper caste he always would write from his or her uh, background hmm. suppose uh bhivati pushan very well-known figure to everyone yes. because he is yes. patit pachali the award hmm. award but what he has written if you go to the writings very seriously, then he had used very objectionable word hmm. regarding the Bhaktis and Dules, very objectionable word, but nobody has raised question against it because he belonging to the particular Brahmin or upper caste community. Hmm. So he has constructed in such a way the society of the lower caste. Even Sharachandra Chattrapadha, he has frequently used the term, the Bagdi Bhattara Chor. Can you imagine? If you go through very seriously, mm. you will find these kind of terms used by the so-called very dominant and well-known figures, literary figures of Bengal, starting from Sharachandra Chattrapadha, bhushan Vandhapadha, even Vankim Chandra You won't believe. That uh, in one novel of Bankim Chandra, very uh, significant novel in terms of its political importance, that is called the Devi Chodrani, Very significant. It is more significant than the novel of Anandamath.
0: Hmm.
1: He has used that the term the Jale Magi. What does it
0: mean? Yes.
1: So these kind of words, slang words, and the uh, adjectives used by the upper caste. Um, literary figures, Vankim Chandra to Swarachandra Chattavadhyay to, to Bivit Vushan everywhere, even uh, Manik Bandhavadhyay, everywhere they have used this term mm. but there is no one to criticize, because who would criticize? Nobody is there, and now, if the member from any a community, the a member from the civil caste uh, background if he criticize, then that can create a different kind of contradiction. Hmm. Now the question is, in the case of the writing of history, the literary, uh, sorry, the prominent political figures, it is true, the prominent political figures basically came from the upper caste. It is because of their um, educational background and their class background, both. Educational background and class background, both. So they had established a very close relationship with the government. If you think that the initially the upper class upper class members of Bengal, they tried to get the English education and they were highly mobilized by the government in their favor. Even all of you know the name of Dino Bandhu Mitro, hmm. who translated who wrote the Neil Darpan, what he has written. In his writing, he has not used a single word against the British. Hmm. He was a very strong supporter and friend of British government. But what is the perception? That he has criticised the government, but nowhere he has criticised. He was so loyal to the government that he was given the Rai Bahadur Award. Yes who will write no person would come to write the history that he was a strong supporter of the uh, british government but what is the notion that has given to the school children in the school level that dinobandhu mitra has criticized the british hmm. but practically he was a strong supporter of the government and he got the prestigious raya bahadur award you know who can get who can get the Bangoratna, Bangosri, or whatever, hmm. those who are the strong support of the government, supporter of the government, they are getting. Totally. Similarly, this is, I used to say that, this is called the sp- politics of sponsorship. Okay. This sponsorship was given by the government, to whom? The obviously to the upper caste, starting from rather Raman, Rai, to Biddha onwards, hmm. everywhere. It is because their history has been written. But when the question of the lower caste or the schedule caste are coming, the historians belonging to the upper caste, they don't try to write about it. Mm. Even the subaltern school, those who had tried to propagate the history of this lower caste should be written, but unfortunately they raise the issue that the schedule caste cannot speak Forget about their ability of writing. Yes, yes.
0: So this Put is the mind. problem nobody has come forward to write,
1: but practically it did not happen.
0: Yes.
1: In uh, you will find that there are many prominent literary figures, those who not from the upper caste, many of them hailed from the lower class background, lower caste background. If you think about the writings of Vadaitam Valmar, I am not talking about Tita Shakti Nodinam. Hmm. If you go to the other writings you'll find that what he has written, very significant, long before the declaration by the UN in 1948, UN had declared the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, 1948. Mm. Before that, in 1938, he wrote that the belief or uh, political ideology of one person should be recognized as a fundamental political right. He or she should not be punished only because of his political background. He or she cannot be punished by the government because he has some particular political ideology. That should be granted as a fundamental right. He raised this issue long back. So obviously we'll find that these kind of writings are there, but unfortunately that has no place in the history of literature if you think about the Bengali literature itself, if you start from the very beginning, who are the early Bengali poets? They are not from the so-called upper caste Hindus. They are basically from the followers of Buddhism and mostly belonging to the lower class. Luipa, if you think about the um, uh, writings of the Charyapadas, uh, the early Bengali writings, they belonging to these communities. But later on, in the colonial period, we have found they did not have that kind kind of opportunity to uh, produce these excellent literary pieces. And another problem is that uh, whenever they try to write, that is not being published. This is another problem of publication. It is also another factor why that is not there. And in regards to the historical writings, uh, it is unfortunate that the members belonging to the Scheduled caste communities they don't prefer to write about their own history this is another problem particularly in case of Uyghur bengal hmm.
0: so in one of your articles you also talked about few writers who wrote about their own caste history yes so, yeah so th- that is also significant okay so professor Berman thank you so much for giving your time i am certain that i have learned a lot And obviously, the listeners also have learned a lot, I believe. So thank you so much again.
1: Okay, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, sir. And that brings us to the end of the first episode. I hope it brought in a range of perspectives towards the practice of caste system in West Bengal. I'm pinning my hopes on more such episodes where you and me together get to dissect through the complexities of caste system in India. Do stick around for more. Catch you later. Goodbye.